Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer personally fit art supports. They helped me so much, I ran my first marathon that year. Then, because I believed in the Good Feet system so much, I bought the store. I'm so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Good Feet store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com. Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo wah. Welcome to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. I'm Chris Graham. I've got the Hall of Famer Jerry Ratcliffe with me. We're going to talk some UVA baseball as the Who's are headed to another College World Series. Six time in 15 years for Virginia baseball to be headed to Omaha uh, after a 12-2 win in Game 3 over Duke. Uh, to take that series two games to one. Jerry, what, what a weekend. What a couple of weekends in Charlottesville, but particularly this last weekend, uh, not only you know winning the series in three games, a couple of blowout wins, lots of home runs the last two days, but beating Duke, I mean, the fans and all the crowd, you know, the huge crowds, record crowds, uh, just a great weekend for Virginia Athletics. No question about it, Chris. If you're a Virginia fan, it provided you with pretty much everything you could dream for, including a a ticket to Omaha, but uh, incredible pitching for the second weekend weekend in a row. Uh, some of the most impressive hitting I've ever seen in covering Virginia over uh, all these years, and uh, lots of drama, uh, good competition, and uh, electric crowds for sure. I ran some of the numbers uh, each of the last two weekends, the pitching, because Virginia got so much from its starters. I mean, it was in such a stark contrast to Duke. Duke used nine pitchers on Sunday in game yeah. three. And, <laughs> and that really is Duke's strategy. Uh, the coach, Chris Pollard, uh, uh, kind of using the Tampa Bay Rays strategy of openers and all that kind of stuff. But Virginia going the traditional route. This past weekend in the Super Regionals, 22 and two-thirds innings pitched from the starters, a 1.99 ERA. Uh, the weekend before, 18.1 inches, 18 in the third innings from the starters at a 1.47 ERA. Brian Edgington going nine innings, complete game uh, yesterday in the game three win. They didn't need him to go nine innings. Uh, it was a 12-2 ball game when he went out for the ninth, but he said after the game he he was going to make them send him out there no matter what. Uh, <laughs> this has to make Virginia – I mean, I think they have to be one of the favorites. They're scoring nine runs a game in June. They're giving up less than two per game in June. This is this is a team playing as good a baseball as you can imagine at this stage. Oh, no question about it. Uh, those guys being able to pitch deep into games and having the grit and determination they had, uh, I thought it was funny uh, when we asked about Connor uh, Connolly early the day before, and and uh, O'Connor said he, he might not have done it that we had somebody warming up in the bullpen and. Uh, he had a couple of guys on base, and we were thinking about maybe making a change there. And we looked out at the mound, and and early looked at us and pounded on his chest like, "I got this. I'm not coming out." <laughs> and went on and finished it off. And um, I, you, know, you have to admire that kind of uh, tenacity in in that pitching staff, and that they all those guys seem to possess it. And wow, they they had just total command of their pitches. I know that both those guys, I think, were 
uh, or maybe all three starters had four pitches they could rely on. And Duke, uh, to this day, still haven't figured out Edgington's split finger, which uh, totally handcuffed them throughout the day. But, you know, and it spares your bullpen, which, you know, some people don't have as much faith in Virginia's bullpen as the coaches do. So uh, the fact that they were able to save those arms and, and keep their staff fresh, it's probably a good thing headed Omaha because you've got a whole whole uh, collection of fresh arms making that trip. And you talked to Jerry, you talked Jerry about the offense, uh, you know, five, four loss in game one and Jay Geloff just missed what would have been a, a walk-off three-run homer. Uh, it didn't sound good off the bat, but he got some carry off that to, to the left center field fence. But no no doubt in games two or three, 26 runs combined in those two games, 14-4 win game two, 12-2 win game three, four homers in game two. I think it was two in game three. Um, but just the, you know, the five-run uh, uh, second inning uh, uh, in in game two, or excuse me, in game three, uh, that that really you know changed the tone of that game, and even both games when Duke responded. I think it was the fourth inning of of uh, of game two. Uh, it was a four nothing lead for Virginia. Duke scored three to make it four three. Virginia came right back and scored some runs. Uh, put up four spot next uh, half inning up. Did the same thing uh, yesterday uh, when Duke hit a fly ball two run homer. That was one that was humidity aided. If anything else, yeah. Uh, Made it 5-2 in the top of the sixth. Virginia answers right back with four in the bottom of the sixth. You know, for so for just a couple of brief moments this weekend, Virginia had a slight bit of challenge. But each time that happened, the offense responded. Yeah, both times they just slammed the door on Duke with those uh, bounce-back innings at-bats. And uh, Chris Pollard, the Duke coach, pointed out, he said, you know, that that's the hallmark of a really good team is they when you – put up a couple runs and think you're maybe fighting your way back in it. They just come back and, and kick you really hard. And that's what really good teams do. And they don't allow you that stopped any Duke momentum or any chance to build momentum and actually propelled Virginia's momentum and uh, continued on that hitting onslaught that they put up both days. And Duke had no answer really for that kind of a hitting attack. Uh, like you said, they used every pitcher they had just about yesterday, uh, ex ex except for their, probably their best pitcher. Who Pollard said there was at that point, there was no point putting him in uh, late in the game because the game was already out of control pretty much. But um, yeah, the fact that they were able to answer like that uh, should serve them well out in Omaha because there, there's probably going to be some sticky moments where, you know, they're going to need to slam the door on people and, and bounce back like that to, to be able to survive in advance. Yeah. Scott German texted me during the game yesterday. He said, any Duke pitcher not used today should be considering getting the, into the transfer portal. Uh, as many guys as they used yesterday. Uh, if you're not, if you're not one of those guys, uh, maybe you should be thinking about going somewhere else next year. That's how many guys they used all year though. I mean, that's a Duke team. Yeah, uh, Pollard, you know, his uh, his leading starter, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting which guy it was, but he had 17 starts and still he averaged less than four innings per start. So they were they used that that system and it got them to that stage. I mean, they were up one nothing in the super regional round with with, uh, you know, using more of their depth of their pitching staff than the strength of, of any individual guys. But, you know, again, back to Virginia, 
you know, this is a team that does have a deep bullpen, but we didn't really see that this much this weekend because, you know, um, you know, they threw 27 innings as a staff and, and 22 and a third were those starters. Even Nick Parker in game one, he didn't have his best stuff. That was obvious. He had a good first inning uh, in game one, but after that, he was really scuffling out there, but he still pitched into the seventh inning um, and, and you know, uh, was was a great option out there and actually left with the lead. So um, this this really says a lot about uh, and all three of those guys, Jerry, are transfers. And, and it says a lot about uh, how how uh, Coach O'Connor, Drew Dickinson in particular, have mastered the transfer portal uh, the last couple of years. They, they've picked up some valuable guys uh, from that portal. Yeah, I don't know of anybody that's has been as smart as Virginia's baseball staff in finding guys through through that portal that have really helped them. Um, I, I know that noticed that in the post game chats with East Carolina's coach and with Duke's Chris Pollard, they both said that that's something that they have failed to do, and that look at Virginia as an example of how you can really blend in some experienced veterans that will really balance out your, particularly your pitching staff. Uh, and, and that's something ECU and Duke didn't do very well. And both coaches admitted that they're going to have to pay more attention to it, which is probably uh, something that coaches in all sports are probably going to have to get better at over the next year or two, but uh, credit to O'Connor and his staff. Dickinson and uh, McMillan and all and all the other guys on that staff for being uh, so sharp and, and finding guys that fit just right. And it's not like that they went out and got guys out of big time uh, Power Five uh, staffs. They they got uh, early from Army yeah. and uh, Parker from Coastal Carolina and, and Edgington from Elon. So. Uh, those guys maybe flew under some people's radar, but certainly not Virginia's. And and look at the job they've all done. It's been magnificent. And uh, somebody teasingly asked Edgington yesterday, he says, uh, you know, you three guys came from the portal. Um, Do you have any kind of a nickname for yourselves or not? Because, you know, three guys from the portal and you've been so good. And uh, Edgington was caught off guard by that. He said, no, no, we really don't. Uh, we all live in U Heights, so maybe we should be the U crew. I think probably with all the uh, smart Virginia alum out there, we can come up with a better nickname for those three than that. So uh, we're taking uh, we're taking all uh, suggestions and <laughs> uh, this trio of transfer pitchers. <laughs> yeah. Talking about the transfers, uh, Virginia mined one coaching change very well. Um, I, when I was researching Connolly early for a, for a piece earlier last week, uh, he left Army, as you noted. Um, he left there. He put his name in a portal after Army made a coaching change. And that was when Jim Foster, who had led West uh, the Army West Point team to the NCAA tournament last year, he left to take the job at Northwestern. So, uh, early put his name in when his coach left for Northwestern. Well, when Northwestern made a coaching change, that's when Ethan O'Donnell decided to put his name in the portal. Virginia ended up with both guys. They ended up with a guy who's got 12 wins and a guy who's got, what, 13 home runs uh, at the top of the lineup. So yeah. uh, that's paying attention to the portal. That's paying attention to the names that are out there. Uh, and 
you know, I loved one thing, uh, Jerry, that Coach O'Connor said uh, after the game yesterday because, you know, we talked about how this is Virginia's sixth appearance in the last 15 years uh, in, in um, Omaha. And he said, yeah, this might be our sixth – this might be the program's sixth appearance, but this is this team's first appearance. And so he really wanted to put the emphasis on – now, there's some guys who were on the team in 2021 – uh, Kyle Teal and Jake Geloff, particularly, uh, who, who were, you know, they were young guys on that team, but they were contributors that year. Um, but for this group, you know, yeah, you know, when, when I'm, I'm heading out on Thursday night, I'll get to, you know, see what the UVA folks do. You've been out in past years, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, hitting the restaurants and having fun and that kind of thing, going to the zoo and all that kind of fun stuff. But, um, you know, for the players, this, this, this is, you know, as a group, this is their first time out there. And, also, O'Connor said, you know, for a lot of programs, they go out there, they just want to get to Omaha. Every huddle is from February on, you know, go to Omaha. But he doesn't want hit this group doesn't want to just go to Omaha. They want to bring back a championship. Yeah, and I love that mentality. Uh, you've got to appreciate that because uh certainly Omaha is is a bucket list experience for most college fans, particularly college baseball fans it's it's a unique environment it's like going to major league games because you've got a a, essentially a major league stadium you've got uh incredible fan support and the the community really embraces the event and and does a, a magnificent job with it as host um but you know it's kind of, of an empty feeling because I've been out there when they didn't win the World Series, but, you know, played well, but came up empty. And it's kind of an empty feeling for those teams, I think, to have gotten there and can't uh, finish the job. So uh, it's it sort of Al Groh's uh, old uh, approach to bowl games. So we're not – we're got going for the Disney world rides and the parades and the entertainment and all that stuff. We're, we're going to win. And uh, that's the mentality I've always appreciated from coaches that uh, they're there for a purpose. You can have the fun and celebration afterward, but uh, while you're there, you know, take it seriously, take care of business. Uh, That's job one. And, um, you know, all, all the partying and all that stuff can come after you've won the trophy and did the dog piles and all that <laughs> stuff. And, uh, you know, while we're mentioning, uh, you mentioned O'Donnell, I think he's one of the, one of the most underrated guys on the staff. He's, he's, I get what he's done has been kind of overshadowed by Teal and Geloff's incredible power and, and hitting. And, but O'Donnell, uh, if you, we look back and, He's had uh, 27 hits this season when he led off an inning, uh, which has made a big difference. It did in these playoffs, um, getting that lead runner on base and and, uh, and making magic happen. So uh, he's he's been tough all along. But, uh, yeah, getting to Omaha is only part of the job. Winning is, is the big thing. And uh, – it's a tremendous feeling to walk out of that place with the college world series trophy on your plane ride back home. Two Ethan's Ethan O'Donnell, Ethan Anderson. There's the, so it's, it's easy to get yeah. lost when your name's Ethan on this roster. They both have, <laughs> I think they both have 13 home runs. Uh, yeah. uh, they're both boppers in the, in the lineup. Uh, 
you know, and then, yeah, they're in between them or Jake and Kyle. And then you have Griffo Farrell, who he led off game two with the home run, got his first home run of the season. Uh, and he, he picked a good time for that. And then he was four for five in game three and setting the table for that uh, that offense yesterday. Yeah, there's so many guys. To, I, had- yeah, I think I, can, I confused O'Farrell's number, numbers with O'Donnell's. Yeah, O'Farrell is the one with the 27 uh- – First uh, leadoff hits, I think. Oh, it might be the case, yeah, because uh, one of the guys, maybe it was early after Saturday's game, was talking about, he said, I don't know what the exact number is, but he's got to be hitting 600 leading off an inning. Yeah. <laughs> he, just, yeah. he always yeah. seems like he's on base. Yeah, um, that's O'Farrell. I, I, I get him and O'Donnell mixed up sometimes. Well, there's two Ethans. There's an O'Donnell and O'Farrell. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's easy. to. But plus, we're one our second gel off who's going to be a first-round pick or uh, – Coming up here in about a, in about a month, Teal will be a, a top pick as well. Uh, so no, there's there's so much going on there now. There is a uh, there is a nice personal story here. You know, UVA fans know that Ron O'Connor, of course, he's a he's a native of he's a, he was born in Omaha, grew up in Cedar Bluffs, Iowa, just across the uh, the river. Uh, his dad took him to you know hit him and his brothers uh, to the College World Series when they were kids growing up. Um, Brian uh, kind of choked up a bit yesterday when he was talking about his father uh, and and how he wants to, he can't wait to get back home just for that. Talk about that story if you would. Yeah, that was a a precious moment in yesterday's post-game press conference. Uh, I've known Coach O'Connor ever since he's come to Charlottesville from Notre Dame and uh, just a great human being. And uh, I think that's the first, maybe the first time I've ever seen him get emotional uh, after a game. And and obviously for, for a good reason, he lost his father in the fall. He was away from the program for about 10 days, came back. And uh, his mom is still living and, and out there. And he said he, he can't wait to go home and give her a kiss and spend some time with her. Uh, he and his dad were extremely close, as, as everyone knows. Um, or maybe they don't know, but uh, uh, I'm not sure. I'll have to go back and look through my notes or ask Brian. Um, you know, Brian is one of the three players on that statue out in front of the Ameritrade Stadium in, uh, in, in Omaha uh, symbolizing college baseball. And uh, I think it, this goes way back to maybe – 10 or 11 years ago, 2011, uh, when I'm, I think I was out there for my first college World Series. And it seems like he told me that his, they were looking for models of people to be on that. And I, I think the guy who ended up building the statue or, or, or yes, yes. the statue, uh, I think he, uh, had contact with uh, Brian's father. Uh, I think maybe those guys were friends or something, and and somehow um, Brian got in there. I think his dad supplied some pictures or something. Well, I, I think I found your story when I was researching that angle uh, from oh, okay. the archives uh, from the Daily Progress from back in the day, and what the story said was something like um, – uh, the the sculptor who designed it and, and built it, fifteen hundred pound statue, uh, happened to. Uh, they, I guess he was a friend of Brian O'Connor's uh, father, uh, 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 John, 
and happened to be in his office saying he was looking for inspiration. He looks up and he sees this photo. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's right. where it was. And uh, it's been such a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you got, so, you know, UBA's coach is in the, is in the statue <laughs> as a result of that, that, that nice tie to, to Brian's father. Yeah. And, um, certainly, um, I can imagine his emotions will be flowing when he goes back home and 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 goes into that stadium again, because I guess when he was growing up, they they played in the old stadium out there in Omaha that I think is now just I'm not sure what they're doing with it. I, last time I was out there, it was still up. I, I think that maybe they were planning on taking it down, but um, a lot of warm memories of of the new place too, because that's where Virginia's played I think all their college world series uh appearances in is Ameritrade, which is a, a beautiful stadium and um should stir a lot of emotions about him and his dad who I'm I'm sure came to all Virginia's games out there when Virginia played and Omaha is I guess sort of a second home to Virginia baseball because they've one been there so much and uh there's a bard not far from the stadium, I don't think, uh, that uh, I went over and did a story there a few years ago, too. Uh, I think it's Barry O's. I okay. Name of it. And that's where Brian O'Connor bartended when he was at Creighton University, a player at Creighton. And uh, uh, I don't know how hard he worked, but <laughs> he was he was there a lot. And uh, uh, Barry O... Uh, told me some interesting stories and they put a Virginia flag out front every time uh, it's kind of Virginia central in Omaha when the Cavaliers are out there and it, it's a, it's a cool place frequented frequented by um, tons of Wahoo fans when they're out there. It, uh, I, I highly recommend you go by there and say hi to Barry O and, and the other guys in the crowd out there, but, that's the kind of intel I was looking for, Jerry. This being my first trip to Omaha, uh, yeah. And so I, I knew that there was a place like that, and now I've got the I've got the information. So that's uh, what else. You know, if, if there are people tuning in now who are uh, going to be making the trip out. Uh, uh, for those who maybe are going out for the first time in a while, first time ever, what kind of things uh, can people be? You know, because there's there's time in between games. We're not playing games every day. With at least UVA's not playing games every day. So what can what can folks uh, you know do out there but, uh, between UVA games? Well, I'll tell you one thing: if you like steak uh, <laughs> yeah. or or any kind of beef, th that's the place to be. <laughs> With the stockyards there, and uh, there's some some I can't remember the names of them. I'd have to look them up, but it's been a while since I've been there. But there's some fabulous uh, restaurants out there, steakhouses. Uh, there's a um, a nice area, not uh, within walking distance, easy walking distance of Ameritrade that uh, has tons of restaurants and bars uh, that fans frequent a lot while they're out there. Uh, I can't speak to a whole lot more than that because um, I was so busy writing stories uh, on both my visits out there. Uh, even on the days off, we would attend UVA's practices, which were usually at 
were held at Creighton there in, in the city. And uh, not a whole lot of time for the media to really enjoy themselves. So uh, might have to visit uh, some with some other uh, Virginia fans who've been there to find out the more places to go. But uh, those are the, that's what I can tell you about from personal knowledge. But steak and barrios, I can go with that. Steak and barrios, uh, plenty, <laughs> plenty of well, watering holes, so to speak, and uh, and uh, don't forget your uh, sunblock because if it's, it it can get really hot out there in in the uh, cornfields of Nebraska. I'm telling you, uh, one of the times I was out there, we were having her, uh, excuse me, tornado warnings. So yeah, you don't be surprised if that happens and you hear sirens go off all over the city, like the old air raid sirens uh, some of us grew up listening to. Uh, and uh, we had some flooding, I think, the last time I was out there. There was floods uh, from the river there near the stadium that flooded the parking lot and uh, some street signs were underwater. That's how high the flooding was. So hopefully you won't have to deal with any of that. That It'll just be sunny and warm, and all you'll have to worry about is uh, sunglasses and, and uh, sunblock. I'm looking at the forecast right now on my phone uh, by Sunday. No, so Friday and Saturday, unusual, 81 degrees each day. That's unusual for that time of year out there. But then it gets to be 90, and then it stays 90 or more every day. Uh, for the duration. So, and we certainly, from the Virginia fan standpoint, hope that we're out there for the duration as far as that goes. But yeah, it's it's the Midwest. There's tornadoes, there's hot weather, there's uh, all kinds of stuff that can be uh, in the case. And, you know, as we mentioned, as I mentioned, you know, it's this is unusual. At this stage, you get to uh, the College World Series. Um, the two, the next two rounds sort of mimic the first two rounds in the sense that next round is a double elimination four team tournament, just like the regional round. And then you have a best of three final, just like the super regional round. But where we are now is, you know, you, you're not playing every day. I mean, Virginia either plays Friday or Saturday, and then they play Sunday or Monday. They have a day off in between. Mm -hmm. um, if you get past the second game, uh, if you're a winner's bracket, I think you have two days off then. If you're a loser's bracket, you have one day off. Uh, but so, yeah, that's and, – and, you know, Virginia at least has navigated this before. Uh, certainly this being the sixth trip in 15 years – uh, and Brian O'Connor played in the World Series back in 91 himself, uh, you know, th this this coaching staff uh, knows, uh, you know, you got to you gotta be patient. I mean, baseball is a game you play every day, and all of a sudden now you're not playing every day. So, um, you know, they, they've, 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 had to, they've had to do this before. They know what they're doing as far as that goes. Oh, no question about it. Uh, he and Coach Mack have been there multiple times, and um, I guess they know all the, the tricks of the trade and all the – Thanks to all the pitfalls of being out there and having to wait. Um, yeah, the, uh, I'm sure that I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, want anybody but those guys uh, making my schedules out. And they know how to keep their players occupied, I'm sure, and and um, how to get them prepared for the next game. It can be a long stay if. Uh, if there's any weather delays that stop a day or anything, uh, you can be out there for 10 days or longer, depending, uh, which is, it's a long time to be anywhere <laughs> that's, that's not home. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, that goes for the fans too, but uh, obviously fans can occupy themselves a little easier than a bunch of college age baseball players. So, uh, but O'Connor has the experience; he knows what to do, and I'm sure he will have everything total under total control like he always does. So they're heading out. Like, oh, I, I keep e- uh, checking as we're recording this. I keep checking my email to see if we have the. Uh the word uh, on when the uh, Virginia is playing. And I just see that there's um, a media event tomorrow at one o'clock. So that's really, that. that's, I, I was got excited there for a second, Jerry. I saw an advisory Virginia baseball. I thought maybe they're telling us the schedule, um, but we won't know when Virginia plays until I, I guess tonight when um, uh, all the super regionals are concluded. Right. Um, but uh, in any case, we know it's either Friday or Saturday. Uh, and um, we know Virginia is playing Florida. And uh, Virginia, the number seven national seed, Florida, the number two national seed. Um, familiar foes as far as, uh, you know, the programs, at least. Virginia back in 2015, the national championship season, uh, was matched up in the bracket, uh, at least the, the four-team bracket with Florida. Had to get past Florida to get to the championship series round. And I haven't looked this up, Cherry, so I'm going to say this out loud and hope I'm still right that uh, the, the coach of Florida was, is a former who? Is that still the, is that still the same guy? I believe so. I, yeah. I, I think he's still there. And uh, also, look it up while you're talking. <laughs> also, should be pointed out that Florida tried to hire Brian O'Connor uh, several years ago, and he turned them down. So it's uh, still Kevin O'Sullivan. Yeah, it's still it's still yeah. uh, former catcher at UVA. Actually, when I was there in the uh, early '90s. So uh, yeah, I thought he was still there, and he's he's built a heck of a program down there. And I mean, they're as good as anybody in the country year in and year out. So uh, I'm sure he and O'Connor are, are very close and will probably uh, take a few friendly jabs at each other <laughs> during the week. Well, I guess LSU, uh, you know, I'm saying this out loud. Well, that I they, they were winning when I turned the game off last night. I think uh, it, did LSU go ahead and advance? They did. So that's another one. Hey, we almost broke some news on our podcast a couple of years ago. If you remember, Jerry, we had we uh, did break some news. <laughs> we did break some news. We didn't even know we broke the news, but apparently LSU reached out to O'Connor a couple of years ago, uh, and uh, we we had that news here before we even knew we had it here on the podcast two years ago, previewing UVA Tennessee. So, uh, so there's some ties there. I know UVA played TCU in the World Series uh, at least back in 2014 um, with that really good uh, O'Connor team that made the championship series and lost to Vanderbilt. Yeah. Um, so there, yeah, there's there's some familiar, you know, there's some familiar foes here coming up, uh, you know, potentially in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, when uh, when Paul Maneri, who was Brian O'Connor's coach at uh, Creighton. Oh, excuse me. He was his uh, the first guy that hired him as yeah. a pitching coach at Notre Dame. Got his college coaching career started at Notre Dame, uh, and he said the first guy he reached out to to hire was was Brian O'Connor. Uh, I think they had mutual friends, um, uh, a former pro uh, baseball guy uh, whose name escapes me, Jim something. Uh, yeah, I know you're talking about, and I can't. It escapes me as well. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. Uh, when uh, Maneri uh, decided he was going to step down at Notre Dame, or excuse me, at LSU, he uh, recommended LSU to hire Brian O'Connor to be the LSU 
next baseball coach, LSU is recognized as the top college baseball program in the country. And so I'm sure that LSU is going to come at him and throw a lot of big uh, numbers at him and Brian turned him down to stay at Virginia as he's turned down several overtures from great programs throughout the years. Virginia is very fortunate to have held on to him. And uh, Paul Maneri revealed that during our podcast, Chris, which uh, we thought had been um, pointed out somewhere along the way, but I obviously it had not. <laughs> I, I, we, we, I think we had uh, double-digit thousands of LSU fans listening to that podcast uh, that day because <laughs> well, it was news to them too. <laughs> it, it was it, it was news to me in a sense too. Yeah, we 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 posted the podcast. We thought, hey, yeah, I, I agree. We thought, hey, he's, he must be saying something we've already heard. And then the Baton Rouge newspaper the next day had a big headline: Hey, Paul Maneri says you or uh, that LSU reached out to Brian O'Connor. And I'm like, Jerry, did we know that before? <laughs> yeah, it was nice. So. Uh some nice credit in their story down there. We, we yeah. appreciated that. That's right. But, we got uh, to figure out a way to break some more news this week, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe somebody else will offer him a job this after this year's over. <laughs> Just don't take it coach. Just don't take it. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's going anywhere now. I don't think he's going anywhere at this stage. No, no. Uh, so, um, so I'll say out loud now, as we're you know probably moving towards wrapping up our show here, since I'll be out in Omaha this week, um, Jerry, uh, you know, I'll be your man on the spot. Uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll catch back up and, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll report from out there. Of course, you'll be reporting from the home office as well, but we'll compare some notes and, uh, uh, have, you know, try, try to talk a few times while, while, uh, UVA is in this room. We hope they're there for a while. We got to talk a lot between now and, uh, a couple weekends away. So, uh, but yeah, this is this is an exciting time for Virginia baseball fans. Uh, second time in three years, sixth time in fifteen years that Virginia baseball is in a in a College World Series, and we know a lot of fans are paying attention. Definitely one of the top programs in the country, and uh, the fact that there's two ACC teams in the eight team field with uh, top seeded Wake Forest, uh, the conference is well represented with the. Uh, the only two teams from the ACC that have ever won a college world series, uh, which is kind of fitting. So that, that'll be fun watching those two teams progress and who knows, maybe they'll end up playing for the first time for the whole shebang, as they say. Yeah. You know, they didn't even play this season. That's how oh. you know, the conferences work. Uh, uh, these two teams did not meet in the regular season this year. Wake forest, uh, just a, you know, number one, most of the season, uh, had nine homers in their uh, clincher over Alabama uh, this past weekend. <laughs> just obviously a team that can that can put it in play, and uh, uh, yeah, and they're on the other bracket. So they, these two teams could, yeah, they could they could sweep their brackets and uh, and meet up next weekend. That that wouldn't be so bad for us as far as that goes. Love to see Wake Forest and Virginia in that final. That would be a lot of fun, no question about it. Uh, so Jerry, as we're getting ready to wrap up, you know, we didn't, we haven't talked to any other, I don't know that there's been a lot of football or basketball news, but if there's anything there, um, uh, you know, update us on that. And and then, you know, we can maybe start getting ready to wrap up here. Well, you know, this past week we had some updates on some football commitments and a couple other basketball items that you can find on my website. But the one that's worth mentioning right now 
uh, as, as Virginia is in a uh, serious recruiting war for uh, one of the top 16 players in the country, um, Con Canoople from up in Wisconsin, uh, which is prime Tony Bennett recruiting territory, <laughs> as we've seen yes. past years. So, Canoople uh, is he led the whole EYBL circuit in scoring this spring. Uh, he's a sharpshooter. Um, he's a six foot five shooting guard, and averaged twenty two and a half points per game during the entire spring. That, that's a nice average. Um, he had forty six point seven percent of his three point shots. So uh, he's definitely uh, a sniper, and uh, it's um, he's visited Virginia. He he loves everything about Virginia. He seems like he's a guy perfectly made to fit in in Virginia's offense. It's uh, it's going to be a, a a real recruiting battle because he's already visited Virginia, Notre Dame. Um, and uh, Stanford, which he said he's not really considering Stanford anymore. So he is planning visits to Ohio State, Louisville, Marquette, and Wisconsin. Um, he is, even though he's visited Notre Dame, it was when Mike Bray was the coach there. So he plans to revisit Notre Dame now that they have a new coach, plus Kyle Getter, who recruited him for Virginia is now the associate head coach at Notre Dame. And so he's going to give them another look. But uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how he narrows things down. He he wants to go somewhere where he can win, uh, where he can be developed into an NBA player, where he has uh, where the team plays hard for the coach. So Virginia can check all of those boxes. And he says his game fits into multiple kinds of offensive playing styles. He appreciates good defense. So, again, he sounds uh, exactly like a guy that fits into Virginia's program. And I think he wants to make a commitment before his college or his high school senior year season starts, which won't be for a while, so he's got time. But Certainly a guy that uh, to keep your eye on, and, and Virginia will be uh, recruiting hard in the coming weeks and months. And uh, I guess while we're at it, I, I don't know that uh, since the last time we talked, uh, Virginia has added Ron Sanchez to their coaching staff. And uh, certainly we'll welcome Ron back to Charlottesville, he and his lovely family. Great guy, uh, had great relationship with him when he was here the first time he came with Tony from Washington State to Charlottesville and was a key contributor to building this program. I, I think he's going to step into that uh, chief recruiting role, I believe, and go out there and beat the bushes all over the country for talent. And certainly he uh, is a guy who can recognize that he uh, he's a, a sharp recruiter and a, a really good basketball mind. So um, as associate head coach, uh, only strengthens Virginia's basketball staff. Yeah, Coach Sanchez, and he comes back now with five years of head coaching experience too. So um, uh, that'll just make him even more valuable to uh, Tony Bennett in the uh, Virginia basketball program. So yeah, huge news there. 
getting a guy like that back uh, in the fold. Um, well, so we're caught up on uh, the other sports. We're, uh, we've got to focus on baseball for lots of good reasons, and we'll talk some more uh, as, uh, as we get closer and closer to the first pitch for Virginia this weekend. Uh, in the meantime, Jerry, you know, you talked earlier about steaks. I know among our sponsors, we have some, <laughs> some great steaks to talk about. So let's go ahead and thank the sponsors as we're wrapping up. Yeah, I've had steaks all over the country. And uh, Aberdeen Barn is Virginia's finest steakhouse right here under our noses. So uh, it, it can match up with those steakhouses out in Omaha. Uh, theirs might be a little bit fresher because <laughs> the stockyards are only a little bit uh away from downtown Omaha, but uh, Aberdeen Barn is uh, a wonderful place, great atmosphere, great service, great food. Go by and uh, and give them some of your business. And uh, our, we'd like to thank them and our other sponsors of these podcasts, um, the Good Feed Store with Jonathan Cotton. I see where they're opening up another store or two, I think in Bristol, Tennessee, uh, Chris. Uh, they're everywhere. Uh, they're like the guy in uh, Ted Lasso, the uh, um, Roy Kent. <laughs> I, I can't sing that song because it's got an expletive in there. But <laughs> here, they're ever they're here, they're there, they're everywhere. Uh, good feet store. So go go by and uh, and uh, pay them a visit. Uh, whether you're having discomfort walking, running, or not even discomfort, just want to feel better uh, they have specially designed arches especially for your foot they they go to great measures to uh measure your foot and uh form those arches specifically to your to your foot and uh i can personally testify i'm a customer and that it's uh, uh it's made a difference with me and i'm uh, i'm sure it will with you as well um so please um if you visit either one of those two great sponsors, tell them the Hootie and Chris sent you, and uh, we appreciate their support. That's the only way we can come to you with these podcasts. And thank you for all your feedback. I had uh, a lot of feedback on our podcasts over the past week, and uh, one guy in particular I know who is uh, doesn't throw out uh, good comments about people very often and he says he loves our podcast chris because of the insight that we bring with all of our years of experience and knowledge of the virginia basketball uh, not just basketball but the virginia athletic programs and the inside information that we garner uh, from our sources and they uh they really appreciate uh what we have to say and keeping them attuned to what's going on with Virginia. So thank you for your feedback and uh, keep listening. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Cause I, I, for me, selfishly, we just, I just have fun doing it. I, I learn as much every podcast yeah. as the listeners do. <laughs> so um, a lot of fun for, for us to be able to do this as well. We'll go to jerryratcliffe.com for the latest on Virginia sports. Also go to augustafreebreast.com and uh, visit our sponsors. As Jerry said, uh, for Jerry Ratcliffe, the Hall of Famer, I'm Chris Graham signing off. Everyone have a great week. Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's big-time steakhouse. 
Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize. Surrounded by flat screen televisions, tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630.